everyone, and welcome to the 59th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platy M3. And this is Liam Land coming to you live from the Tower of Arp. Ooh, sounds like a dangerous place for a summer vacation. Well, not really. We have some family here. It's a lovely part of the U.S. Nice big-ass trees and wine vineyards. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's dangerous nonetheless. I mean, my family and I passed through there a few weeks ago, and holy shit, man, it almost broke us. Oh, yeah, but come on. Dude, it's it's U.S. News and World Report lists as number four best healthcare and number 10 best economy. I mean, ARP ain't all that bad. Well, more emphasis on the broke part. I mean, like emotionally and financially. I paid almost $6.69 a gallon for gas. I endured 124 degree heat, drove past a forest fire that was, quote, contained, stayed at the most expensive days in in history, endured the only fog I even saw in 10,500 miles of traveling this summer, and our freaking car got damaged by a tree that insisted we just drive right through it. Well, that last one seems 100% on you. But other than that, the land of ARP doesn't seem all that bad as you're making it out to be. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Maybe it's the side quest part of me, but I need to break in here. What the hell are you two ARPing on and on about? Well, you know, that Dragon Quest Three. it's kind of shaped like the world, Earth. Yeah, and the Tower of ARP is located where California should be. So you're both just talking about California? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yep, exactly. All right. <clears throat> so uh, that now clears uh, that up a bit. But Blue Star, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes, I am, Yangus. Why did you two plan a Dragon Quest three skit when we're talking about Dragon Quest eight? Oh damn! We're doing eight, as in like Roman numeral V I I I. Oh yeah, sorry, I I, I missed the V. I thought we were doing three. Ah, oh, me too. Hell, I thought this was gonna be like our shtick for a few more years. We never covered Dragon Quest eight. Caravan Heart, check. Yep. Game mods that'll never see the light of day, check. Yep. But Dragon Quest eight. Fuck no. Yeah, I don't think we ever intended to do that. It's just, you know, way, it's just the way the pods cast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I'll just, you know, cut up the intro. My line's still fine. Liam, just go ahead and do yours again. <clears throat> All right, we'll, we'll edit this later. <clears throat> and this is Liam Land coming to you live from Western Trodane. And this is Yangus, the legendary bandit himself that knows Platy ain't editing shit. Can we just uh, get on with this? All right. So I'm actually <laughs> in California right now for a wedding that I, uh, I went to this past weekend in South Lake Tahoe. Uh, it was beautiful at the top of a ski mountain in the off season, you know, with the lake and the beach about five minutes drive from the bottom. Amazing mountain views. And Westy, well, he may or may not have crashed the wedding. Uh, I do want to plug the good people at Econo Lodge for not only providing affordable lodgings, but a free used Q-tip on the windowsill in the bathroom. That was um, uh, that, 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 that was a nice touch. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we finished finished up our 32 state 23 day 10,000 mile trip um from Florida up to uh Mount St. Helen and then all the way back and hit all the states in between uh, and I didn't get a free Q-tip at any of the places we stayed so damn I mean I talk more about this but that, that's a tale for a future side quest 32 states did you visit Ohio oh god no I, I mean you'll just have to listen to the podcast in a few weeks blue blue are you in Ohio I am in Ohio Oh, I don't think I knew that. Because every time someone mentions the state of Ohio, I feel the urge to respond to Ohio Gazimas. But that is that is just <laughs> me and living in Ishigaki. But uh, enough about us. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> there's got there's got to be some Japanese people living in Ohio who. who... <laughs> get confused sometimes when they hear the name of the state um, God, if i actually edited podcasts i'd put like a 10 second pause after liam's joke right there like 
Well, we do edit. Yeah, we cut out the silences. So that's it. Uh, ah, but that's all automatic. That, that joke is going to nail when you cut that silence out. It's just gonna be like, OK, we'll cut. We'll cut to the point where you're laughing at it right there. OK, but enough about us. Let's be the last ones to party and discuss the huge DQ news we got in June from the Nintendo Power uh, Partner Direct. Uh, that's right. Seems like I may owe a certain somebody on Discord a dollar um, because now we know we're actually getting DQ treasures this year. I totally was been on the pessimistic side of that one for quite a while. Um but no, Wait, we're not who do you getting a dollar to. I'm curious. Oh, it was somewhere in someone's like, oh, I bet DQ Treasures is going to be on the next Nintendo Direct. And I was like, I bet like a million dollars it ain't going to be true. And then they pointed me to an article that uh, was talking about how like we would get some game news and it was going to be something was going to be featured in late June. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, so I totally so read that wrong. Owe, you actually owe him a million dollars, not a dollar. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I switched the bet right then. It was set three days early. I was, was like, I'm going to switch that bet to a dollar. That was a good idea. <laughs> he just edited the post. Don't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> but but I guess if you don't remember who it was, then you don't owe him anything. That's right. It was it was from the, uh, it might have been Liquid Metal Slime, to be honest. If uh, I think that's who mentioned it. But I swear, like in my head, that, uh, what is it, the Dragon Quest 36 anniversary announcement when they were like, oh, Oh, more news on treasures in june i thought that was like a japan only like oh more news on treasures in japan coming in and then when i went back and read it i was like oh no i just put that in japan in my head um because you know every other dragon quest game ever gets a dragon gets the uh thing but hey for the first time ever we're not playing it after the uh japanese have completed all the post-game content and dlcs we're getting it day and date same worldwide. Nice. <laughs> what a treasure. Yes. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Get out of your own Congratulations. podcast. Congratulations. You actually made me laugh with one of your jokes. Oh, man. Hopefully See, that won't didn't be even need last. to edit that laughter in. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that won't be the last pun of the podcast. <laughs> this is Dragon Quest. Are you kidding me? This is not... <laughs> you think we're going to not have puns in here? <laughs> So we have a so we, uh, get, we have a getting to know your guests. <laughs> we have the getting to know your guests section. That's Can right. You... <laughs> it's time to get to know our guests. But uh, Platy, you already know us, which is probably uh, why Liam is laughing and just already. sort of not really sure how to handle this situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Insert awkward transition. Well, that's I, no, I, no. That's when you need to maybe have we like don't, the ma- audience. That's when you need to have the audience laugh track and then the Seinfeld. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we don't truly know you guys in, until we have this. This uh... we can just insert the cursed sound there. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd have thought after uh, a few dozen side quests and my recent lunch with uh, you and your family, uh, Platy. You know, might have. Uh, you know, bred some familiarity there, you know? I mean, this is what happens when we copy and paste our old episode outlines. But, exactly. Uh, well, At least it is. bothered to come visit you, Yangus. <laughs> Next <Are> you... summer. <laughs> Next summer. Take a day just off. show up. Yeah, just show up on it now. June 9th. Hey, I'm we'll here. it right now. June 9th. <laughs> you got your couch ready? Uh, well, it's finally here. It uh, it took us, what, like 
three years to do a Dragon Quest Eight episode? Yeah, I mean, we had to get all the fan favorites out of the way. Like I said earlier, you know, Caravan Heart, Dragon Quest Wars, and oh, the ballet. God damn it. How did we talk about that fucking ballet episode before we got the Dragon Quest Eight? Who the hell let that happen? Well, better better late than never for Dragon Quest Eight. Yeah. And hey, we got you to watch a ballet. That That is true. You got me to watch YouTube. That's something I usually don't do. Make sure it didn't happen. Well, we got a uh, podcast check. recording and it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the YouTube version of it. There are pictures up there of the ballet. Do we have? Yeah. Do we what have actually pictures? Did somebody take pictures of you watching it? <laughs> just, yeah, that would have been just pretty creepy. creepy. <laughs> it's just Planny sitting there with like his eyes are glazed over watching his kids are sitting yeah. there taking he's the got, picture. He's got tears of joy in his eyes from how moved he is. What's funny is I like remember all the details of watching it that night because I think it was like the night before we were going to record or something like that. And I sat there and I was going to be on another podcast that didn't start till like 11 p.m. Eastern. And I'm like, well, I just drank a huge ass cup of coffee. Better watch this shit for tomorrow night. (laughs) Then I proceeded to talk about it on the other podcast for a few minutes. Like, oh, you will not believe what I just watched. (laughs) Which which podcast are you talking about? I did the Q&A quest. The, uh... <laughs> oh god you would not believe what i just watched to yeah. hear more about it go to <laughs> you know go check it out time. in about three days on a uh, slime yeah. time <laughs> it's like one of those oh this tastes off i'll try it yeah <laughs> would you like some beverly you ever have that at any of the coca-cola world things i have no idea what that is oh it's uh it's a soda and i it happened in i gosh 20 years ago i was in atlanta and i did the whole world of coca-cola thing and they got like 70 different drinks there and the tour guy's going oh yeah i mean coca-cola makes just think how many products they got in the market here you know multiply that by 20 30 other countries and so the guy's like passing out cups and you can taste all the ones that you want and he's like oh y'all should try beverly from italy it's great and like i noticed a couple people snickering but i'm like whatever i'll try beverly it was the most disgusting drink ever. It was just, and everybody thought so. It wasn't like a couple people were like, yeah, this is great. No, it was all bad. And then years later, they put in a tasting station at Epcot. And it's like the only thing you could do for free at a Disney park is go in and sip two ounces of soda at a time. And no, they used to rotate all the flavors, but Beverly was always there. It was like, man, they Coke is leaning into that joke. Finally, the essence Even when they only got D'Angelo. like 10 taps. In a soda. <laughs> I missed part of the beginning of that conversation, and I heard Platty talk about Coca-Cola World, and then Liam ask, what is that? And Platty say, it's a soda. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you've been away from the United States for too long if you yeah. don't know what Coca-Cola is. No, I was, I was, that was like, what is that to, in terms of Beverly? Because I was, all I could picture was like a Beverly D'Angelo as a soda. <laughs> now, see, it's funny because I pictured a Beverly Goldberg from that show, The Goldberg as a soda you take a sip of it you just feel all perky and chipper and you have to you suddenly find yourself wearing a crazy like bad christmas sweater all of a sudden Oh, look at it. It's even got its own Wikipedia page. And it says the bitter taste of Beverly has become familiar to many Americans who get a chance to try it at Coca-Cola tasting stations. Familiar. <laughs> Staff there this have explained the flavoring ingredient as grapefruit rind. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you're ever in the mood for some grapefruit rind. It sounds delicious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> OK, so uh, let's get away from talking about bitter stuff to uh, happy things. Happy I'll, I'll, things. I'll add Beverly to the to do list. Yeah. But uh, let's, oh yeah, let's talk about let's finally talk say, about Dragon Quest wife, Eight. Look at that uh, to do list. You no, know, it would be amazing if we if this whole episode <laughs> was just tangents and then we never get to talk never. about Dragon Quest Eight at all. <laughs> 
Come back next time on it's, episode. Oh, that's all the time we have for today. Topic. We're not allowed <laughs> oh, to talk sorry. about it. <laughs> What's that? We were supposed to talk about Dragon Quest Eight. Ah, oh, sorry, too bad. We yeah. really do like the game, though. That's why it was important to gather all four of us. <laughs> so let's let's finally talk about it. We spent three months trying to schedule this. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no more no more soda. No more soda and Beverly D'Angelo tangents. No, not Beverly, please. No. Wait, Beverly D'Angelo. You know what game has a character named Angelo? Yes. Oh, thank you. I can bring it up right back. Ones, that. Hopefully. Bringing it right that's back. That's the princess of transitions right there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of transitions, how would... <laughs> you can't just transition off of my transition. Speaking of transitioning okay. off your transitioning, that reminds me of... <laughs> Speaking of a princess that transitioned into something else. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've got Ooh. to know our guests a little bit better... <laughs> I mean, if the guests didn't know me well enough from SideQuest at this point, then they're... Where have you people been? First off, I'm Yangus. Hello, it's nice to, well, nice that's to talk true. to you. Be, Finally. This is your first, if you're, this is your Yangus, first line you missed time. your chance. We just, uh, we just finished the get to know your guests better section. Hey, speaking of getting to know your guests better, that reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no more tangents, please. Let's talk All DQ8. Right. So before we talk DQ8, the marketing <laughs> for Dragon Quest Eight in the United States centered primarily on a website called slimenights.com where any of you members of the slimenights.com or blue where you're not allowed to go on the internet when you were that young boomers <laughs> <laughs> no i, I uh, don't I guess... know that i knew the internet existed <laughs> i was like 7 yeah i was going to say this was a, this is 15 years ago oh, <laughs> shit <laughs> holy crap wow yeah, I, I had no idea slime nights existed until i started hearing some of the uh, uh longtime members of the den uh talk about it so, so plotty you were part of it right oh yeah i i did a lot there um so slimenights.com went up it was a marketing website for the web uh, for the dragon quest 8 specifically um it then had a whole forum area and every time you posted you got points they had contests that they would run all the time there's always one or two contests going and a lot of them were if you participate you got points or if you won you got a certain prize plus points they had this whole point system and um I never got into the forums very much. I was very active on the den back then, but I did every single contest. I participated in every contest. I loved it. I got deep into it. I remember um, I was talking about this last week on my RPG backtrack because SlimeKnights.com, uh, speaking of transitions, transitioned into promoting the first Joker game when that came out. Um, about a year and a half after Dragon Quest VIII came out. And I don't know if it was then or it was earlier. Like, I, I remember having my wife put on, like, a black ski mask, black long sleeve shirt, black pants, black socks, and then wrapping her up in toilet paper for one of the contests where you were supposed to dress to look like a Dragon Quest monster. And I was like, well, shit, dressing like a mummy is pretty easy, really. So I took a picture of my ex-wife dressed like a mummy, doing the whole pose with the one arm up, the one arm down. Uh, the mummy that uh, Yangus you so lovingly found at Walmart being <laughs> ripped off <laughs> yeah, that, oh, years that ago. The rip-off rip magnet. Off, uh, magnet. I wish I could have yeah. found that that knockoff magnet. That, that, that's, that's probably the best find I've ever had at a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I won a t-shirt. I had so many points. I got a t-shirt from it. I got a, I don't know if it was one of the contests I won or I used my points again to get a free uh, PS2 slime controller at the time that has in subsequent years 
turned into slime because the coating they put on that thing many years ago did not do well in uh, unair conditioned storage. Um, but then I got another T-shirt as the website was. Oh, I got one for maybe buying the game or whatever. I got one free contest or whatever. And then I bought another one. And that's the T-shirt I wore when I met Liam. What, six, yeah, seven years ago up in New York. I, you had I yours wore... on, too, right? Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend at the time got it on eBay. Yep. So it, it was a great website. Um, there was a marriage that happened because of that website. And the only reason I know is for a little bit of time when it finally closed down after about three years, um, a lot of the people at least tried the den for a while and didn't really stick around. Um, but yeah, there was a couple that met on Slime Nights and got married. And one wow. of the last things, and I see it every year or so when I dig through boxes or whatever, um, the guy who was running it back then, the marketing exec, called himself, called himself King Slime. And at the end, when it was getting ready to shut down, he asked anybody to directly message him our home address. And he sent anybody that did that a Dragon Quest playing card in a sealed envelope and it's even got like a sticker on the back that's like do not open or whatever and it was always and it was I think it was called the Great Hope it's like the Great Hope that one day we'll meet again on the internet somewhere so I've still got my envelope sealed for oh, my wow. Great Hope how did you know what was in it if you didn't open it did somebody else open it yeah you can cut well everybody it was on the forums like I'll send you a card or whatever and oh, I can okay. hold it up to the light I don't know what card I got in there I can see like a playing card it's probably one of the trading cards oh, that's cool but I don't know what trading card it is because I've never opened the envelope yeah oh that's that's pretty uh, pretty symbolic that's pretty cool Mm-hmm. So I, I was actually heavily involved in the Enix forums when Square Enix shut that down in 2003 post-merger and uh, not long after they started Slime Night. So I remember when Slime Night started, I was a little, I was still kind of ticked off that we'd lost our, mm. our Dragon Quest community home that I spent so many hours and met so many friends on. So I never actually really joined up. And in retrospect, it was my loss. Uh, I know that they were doing a lot of cool stuff with the fan interactions and contests, but I also think they kind of exercised poor Dragon Quest tact. Uh, you know, by some setting the forums without actually actively trying to retain that audience. There was like a period in between. You like the Dragon Twist tech? Uh, I'm trying to have a serious conversation. And, I, and I threw that line. I think we should talk about that game instead. Dragon yeah, right. Quest had a Dragon Quest 8 event. <laughs> I just pulled. Uh, hey, speaking of Dragon Quest Eight, that's what we're talking about right now. Liam, please continue. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was poor attack by sunsetting the the forums without actively trying to kind of retain that audience. I thought, um, but I uh, but I, I do like that that interaction. I don't think we would see that again until uh, much later when they were. Um, you know, actively promoting it on social media and doing contests and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I run Dragon Quest Six on a Twitter contest, so yeah, they did pick that up. And you know what? The whole Slime Nights thing was the reason why I started the uh, contest on the forums all those years ago. So awesome. I don't think that, I knew that, or if I you've said that before, then I'm, yeah. I may have, may have forgotten. That's cool. So yeah, they they started probably what 2008. 2009 after uh it was done i was like man those were fun let me do these we had yeah. no prizes to send to anybody but you can get a cool little badge on the den <laughs> that's better than a prize it is it's its Digital. own prize it's there intrinsic motivation yes all right so when did we all first play dragon quest 8 what version what did you play first blue star uh since you were too young to uh be slime night person let's start with you okay um so i don't know exactly what year it was that i first played the game i want to say 2006 2007 ish um 
because I was like eight or something mm-hmm. at this point. So I, eh, the years all blend together. Um, but we had just gotten a hand-me-down PS2 from my uncle. And we went to GameStop and just sort of looked for a bunch of stuff. Uh, and Dragon Quest Eight was $8 in the bargain bin at GameStop. <laughs> nice. A dollar uh, for every game. A dollar for every game. And (laughs) since then, you know, for the longest time, my parents have said it's the best $8 we've ever spent. Um, It probably took me a good couple of years to actually beat it the first time because there were a lot of times where I was like between me and my dad who you know, mostly started playing it. And at some points we got stuck and I ended up being like, I want to get unstuck. And I'll talk about that a little more later and just sort of ran around aimlessly. Um, but it being my first like real RPG, it, it, it definitely took some time for me to beat it the first time. But since then I've probably played the PlayStation two version at least 10 times. And I played the 3DS version twice. It's like, it's like a yearly thing. I don't have a set schedule for when I decide to play replay dq8 but it happens about once a year <laughs> yeah that that's that's fair because you know what i have plenty of games too like from when i was younger that i replay on a near yearly basis we, we all have that like games that we have to have that with so very relatable so yangus when did you uh first play hey speaking of relatable <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll try and stop doing that. I make no promises. Um, so, hey, speaking of promises, did I ever tell you about the time that I promised? <laughs> all right. Um, joking aside, though, uh, when I first played Dragon Quest Eight, it was um, I'm pretty sure it was in, and it's, it's been a few years for me too. Uh, first time that I played it was during what I like to call my dragon quest high period uh because it was one a joke because i was playing all these dragon quest games in high school but two it's also because i was really into dragon quest at that point after having not played it for years and years i've talked that was that. really disappointed i was waiting to hear i really i played I was a lot really of games high. i was high <laughs> like, you know i figured some, i figured I figured your guys' imagination would probably make that joke for me. So, yep. you know, it works. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Did it yeah. for you. Carry yeah. on, carry on. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, that I played Dragon Quest Eight in my senior year of high school. Because I played, like, a lot of the DS ones in my junior year. So, it was, like, 2011, 2012, which is my senior year of high school, that I uh, eventually got to play Dragon Quest Eight. I had to borrow a ps2 from a friend of mine because i did not own a ps2 at the time i eventually uh did get my own ps2 and i also had to buy a brand new copy of the game because the used one that i had bought um like a few months prior to starting it starting it uh it kept freezing up on me at certain points of the game there wasn't like really any set times when it would do it it just every now and then i think just because the disc was scratched up it would get to a point where it was like and it was like just i'd have to hard reset my system Hmm. i actually Uh, had a scratch disc too uh it wouldn't let me go back uh, to Fairbury when I got the thief ski, I had to buy another copy. Oh, weird. But I mean, yeah, like um, I was I was able to actually find a, an unopened copy, like a brand new one off of Amazon for like 40 bucks. And this is, you know, like 2012, 2013, something like that. So I was really surprised that, you know, at the time I was able to find one for that price because sometimes PS2 games, you know, depending on the, the rarity of them, they could be a little expensive even back then. Yeah, uh, anyway, especially uh, now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, especially now because the frickin' used market. But uh, anyway, um, dollars, baby. I, I've played I've played <laughs> Dragon Quest Eight like four different times, if I remember correctly, uh, three times on the PS2. Uh, my last file in there actually being what I called the quote unquote worst weapons playthrough 
where I just picked like what is kind of generally considered like the worst weapon choices for the characters. And I played it <laughs> once on the uh, 3DS. Um, I've, I've been meaning to replay. Characters? I've been me- meaning to replay the 3DS version, but admit it. Like I want to play it on my uh, 3DS XL that I have. But I, honestly, I'm a little afraid to do that because every time, like for some reason, they made it so that if you have it in one 3DS, like all your pictures are just attached to that SD card, and if you want to swap over to another 3DS, it's like, oh, you're gonna lose all your picture data. And me being me being the way I am, I'm just like, no, I don't want to lose all that, even though I could just make backups. It's like mm, I don't want to. What if something happens? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i i think if i remember right i played it four times i actually remember one of the times i played it it was uh during one of my winter breaks in college and i like basically flew through the game in like the three weeks i had off for my uh, winter break <laughs> three whole weeks those are rookie numbers <laughs> blue you were about to ask uh what what were the worst weapons that yangus that you used right yeah no well i've always generally seen it that the worst weapons are usually go boomerang because it's only multi-focus mm-hmm. uh uh, clubs for Yangus because in order to get his best club you also have to get rid of his best axe and club skills are not really as useful as as uh, scythe or axe skills especially not axe skills uh, for Jessica it's swords because you know she's a magic she's a magic character so her using a sword slash uh, daggers is really not the most effective thing plus daggers were not really a useful weapon until Dragon Quest 11 when they really retooled them and for Angelo it was um, well really there wasn't really one one in particular for Angelo other than staves, just because, um, you know, you usually people use them either for the sword skills or for the, the bow skills. So stay, so staves was like, yeah, go with that. <laughs> it's interesting. I thought I would have thought worst weapons would be like all fisticuffs. <laughs> that's what I was well, going to say. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's another challenge run. I purposely picked weapons though, not fisticuffs. I want to do a fisticuffs run at some point, but if I really actually, wanted to, I mean, thin air attack. I, you can do per, you can do worse. So they're all just well, punching, really. If you wanted to do some really bad, Magus. if you really, oh, if you really wanted to have some uh, difficulties with a with a fisticuffs run, you should look at Red's uh, fisticuffs skill set in the 3DS ring. The game even purposely tells you that this is not a good idea to put points into it. (laughs) And that's pretty bad when even the game is telling you that. And it just is like, well, if the devs knew it wasn't going to be her best skill set, why did they make it as bad as they did? <laughs> did it, has anyone ever farmed uh, skill seeds and just try to max out everything like uh, Dragon Quest Nine style? Hell no. 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 Yeah, I don't I, do any seed farming, period. I usually just get extra ones just because. Someone on the den once said they did that, but that there was absolutely no benefit to it. I can't even imagine <laughs> how long that would take. That either. person, is a, he, one that, guess that that person is. is a hero for at least communicating that to us. I can see I can see that it might be useful for the 3DS version because some of the second bonus dungeon bosses are they're really oh, yeah, hard. Right. <laughs> they're really hard. So having those extra options for some extra strategies, I could see where that would come into play. Yeah. However, I still haven't even gotten through the whole second bonus dungeon. So uh yeah. <laughs> Me neither, sorry. Well, Platy, when did you first uh, you, you first play? I got it right at launch. I, I bought a slim PS2 for it. Um, I didn't have one at the time, but once I knew it was coming, definitely bought the game. And I distinctly remember the day at work that I ran up the road, um, bought the game, got the strategy guide, had them both pre-ordered at GameStop. And the, the school I was teaching, and then I used to have a huge walk-in closet with all these science supplies. And I was like, you know what? I don't even, I had like a two-hour break. I'm I'm like, I don't want to be disturbed. I just went in the closet, put a chair in, shut the door. And like, I just flipped through the strategy guide for an hour. It was really cool. Um, 
You know, a classroom closet makes way more sense than just reading that on the notes and being like, oh, yeah, Platy hid in the closet reading the strategy. strategy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you're reading well, the Cliff Notes closet. version. Well, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but Platy did tell me about his closet escapades when uh, we <laughs> met up. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we Stay. can at least breach this topic now because, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable. I've opened the door to the closet. Oh, Platy, you came out of the closet. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I remember I also bought that day a remote control um, LG controller for the PS2. I was like, man, I'm going all out. Let, let me just, uh, I'm not going to be tied to a wire for this game. Um, I was pretty pumped. And yeah, buying the Slim PS2 for this game was a way better deal than when I bought my uh, 3DS at launch for uh, Terry's Wonderland that never came out. Uh, so yeah but i I too played through this game let's see twice i kind of like angus i played four times played through twice on ps2 by golly i think i might have been the only one in the den that played and rolled credits on the freaking mobile version i played that thing all the way to the end oh oh man i even beat a good amount of the uh bonus dragons at the end okay i thought it was gonna be when i did it i forgot to mention this because this would us because you brought it up uh speaking of the mobile version (laughs) but no uh seriously like okay, so when we originally were doing that mobile contest for uh, the mobile, yeah, we had the light speed Quest contest 8, for all of them. Yeah, yeah, we had the light speed and like you know buying it within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was in college at the time and I bought a uh, copy of the game uh, after classes one day. I get it downloaded onto my phone and get started up. I couldn't even get past the first <laughs> few lines of Yangus's dialogue before the game would uh, force close out of my uh, oh my uh, phone. I I couldn't older, continue older, and I was like, kids. that's twenty. That's like twenty bucks down the. Yeah, that was that was the case for me. I finally got a touchscreen phone. I want to say I was like I was like 14 and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can play Dragon Quest 8 on another platform. I was so excited and it just didn't work. And I was so sad. Yeah, I was so fucking pissed. So I, like, I have a phone that could probably run it now, but I have yeah, not. Uh, yeah, right. it, it depends money. on it depends on the device speed because I I had an iPad two and the game was playable, but it would crash occasionally. And then when I upgraded to an Air two, it just, it hasn't crashed at all. Yeah, that's was, what I played it, on. I played on the iPad generation two, and I, I want to say I played 60, 70 hours, and it had it, I remember distinctly five crashes. And it was like pretty well spaced out, like every about 10 hours, 10, 12 hours. It when it did it autosave, so like the crashes weren't that bad. I seem to kind of remember yeah, that. There was an autosave, which um, it was like autosave when you walked in and out of places. Mm-hmm. Because I want to say it was really easy to scam or not, but save scum at the casino that way. Yeah. Because yeah. with that version, you just walk in the casino. <laughs> if you lose, whatever, swipe yeah. the app away. When it comes back, yeah. you're walking in the casino again. You don't yep. have to go through the whole rigmarole of saving. Yeah. So exactly what I did. And then, yeah, <laughs> of course, I played the 3DS version when it came out as well. So, yeah. Liam, when did you play? Uh, so, in, uh, yeah, in, in late two, 2005, it was released for uh, in, in the U.S. on PS2, so that's when I had it. Uh, I got a sneak peek in the summer of 2005 at a gaming store in Japan uh, during my first trip. Um, I think a lot of people also picked this up um, specifically because of the Final Fantasy XII demo that was that was kind mm-hmm. of added in as a bonus to, uh, to the game. Um, 
did, did you guys hear any of that? I think a, a, a lot of people, for a lot of people, it was like their first time um, playing a DQ game because, mm-hmm. and they bought it specifically for the FF demo. Yeah. Well, I can't say yeah. that for my case because like, uh, gosh, what was it? Like 2005, I would have yeah. been like fourth grade in the first part of the year, fifth grade in the second part of the year. So, uh, yeah, no, I really do not remember much being said about that. Like even when I was in elementary school at the time, most mm-hmm. people um gosh i can't even think of like what games would have been talked about the most when i was uh, about that age i know a lot of kids my age had ps2s but i don't think anybody ever really mentioned uh dragon quest 8 or the or final fantasy 12 but i think yeah. i was young enough in a young enough age group too at the time that not a lot of kids were into rpgs that much you know mm. or well if they were it was mostly going to be like pokemon yeah I'm, I'm... around around me it was mostly pokemon like FIFA and Call of Duty. So. <laughs> oh, Call of Duty. That's pretty young for Call of Duty. <laughs> well, that's been around for a long time. It's been around. Yeah. I think it's yeah. been around since like the PS2 days, actually. But what how what age were you playing Call of Duty? Is it? I wasn't playing it. I don't I, know what all of uh, those. She said that's what was around. Yeah. That, oh, okay. Yeah, that oh, okay. All right. Like, uh, that would have been around then. All right. It's like all the all the kids in, in you know all the kids in my elementary school were playing Call of Duty. Oh well, no, probably when I was that age, like a lot of kids were probably playing like Grand Theft Auto, like San Andreas, and things like that. You know. Oh yeah, that was a big uh, one too. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, a lot of stuff that's not really supposed to be played by that age, but you know, of course they did. Right, right. Now they can just watch it on YouTube. Well, now like they can the play mods. the wonderful remasters that came out last year that have absolutely no problems to them whatsoever. Yeah. No siree. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely don't research. I feel that like you buy there's it. some sarcasm there. Oh, what? Me being sarcastic? No, no, never, never. I am never sarcastic. This is false allegations. So, uh, so, so what did what did everyone think of the uh, the the overall plot? I think Blue, you only put the heart symbol in the notes, and that was it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I put more. Hey, I put more than all of you combined. Uh, this is true. I didn't look at the notes until today. Get off my back. <laughs> I also didn't look at the notes until today. Get on my level. Um, you only put you in did. a heart though, so you didn't do much either. <laughs> well, let's see. Liam and I wrote nothing for this, so. <laughs> <laughs> over so you're uh, saying that blue is an overachiever then she put no, in I, it it has <laughs> it's a good thing we took three years to kind of come up with nothing yep. <laughs> uh These it, are the parts of the podcast we can talk about off yeah. the top of our head yeah i mean the the i i thought it was a, it was a pretty strong plot it moved the yes. it, you know moves along it definitely it, it's it, it moves I mean, along. It's my favorite game so i'm not it does gonna, move along <laughs> no it's like it, it drives us sorry go ahead Blue. i'm not gonna skimp and say that you know it's not my favorite plot it's my favorite game it's my favorite plot um mm-hmm. there are a lot of really interesting and cool storytelling uh sort of strategies that they use and i really enjoy how like everything that happens is kind of important to sort of the end of the story um i also really like in the beginning how they start out with just sort of a black and white sort of overview that's like a scepter spoken of in lore a curse or something i i forget the exact uh wording but they kind of show you that a castle gets cursed and it says your journey starts here yeah that actually that was actually added for the western release specifically oh really yeah because the p because um the reason why the 3ds version uh in the wet both the west and japanese one and the japanese original ps2 release doesn't start with that is because it was not originally the intended start it was supposed to start with the shot of munchie looking on at farbury whoa 
Yep. See, that's really trippy because I argued with my brother about that scene being the actual open actual opening or not. However, opening aside, just sort of the way that you sort of get thrown into this, you know, we're traveling with some weird greed man who calls the horse a princess, and he's asking us to try to find some guy named Duomagus. But to find some guy named Duomagus, we have to find some guy named Calderasha. And just going from there, as you continue advancing the story, you just sort of get the blanks of just sort of how you got into this situation. They're filled in as you go, which I think is it's really cool and it's really intriguing. Um, and even all the way up until, you know, the very end where you get to the post-game stuff, at that point they fill you in on, you know, the reasons how the hero got to Trodane in the first place and why he's immune to curses and things like that. How far deep into spoilers are we going with this? I don't know. Um, but... Oh, every we we spoil the hell out. Yeah, of this it. This, uh, you, this game's old enough now. I think it's gonna be fine. So, okay. uh, spoiler alert going forward. I guess if you haven't played Dragon Quest Eight, uh, <laughs> get out of the video or get out of the uh, podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so so going through and you know you go to the very first. So the very first is with Calderasha and the uh, Crystal Ball Geezer, who's an amazing first boss. He sees you and he's like, "Oh, you must be that." single survivor from the cursed castle that I heard about out west and you're just like wait what there's there was only one survivor from the castle that was cursed and just just going along and it's really cool to sort of see the whole scenario open up as you're exploring the world yeah definitely that that was my my favorite uh one of my favorite story beats was just the emotion of returning to trodane and the flashbacks that show the attack and the demise and that the, the main character's role they they kind of uh slowly kind of unravel the fact that he was a soldier when it happened um mm-hmm. and and just getting to know his his character anymore every uh and then just going back and seeing it all destroyed and um and kind of going through uh going kind of like reliving re- you're reliving the trial of the hero mm-hmm. uh, by going back there. I, I mean, think it's I, also really, mm, go ahead, Platy. Oh, I was going to say overall, like it, you, you had mentioned it, Blue, and it got me thinking how you say like everything's connected in this. It wasn't a lot of like throwaway stuff. Like, you know what? Dragon Quest Seven. I love that game, but you could take out five, ten aisles and still <laughs> have the same game. Um, <clears throat> it's not like everywhere with heads that. I mean, even stuff that you don't expect comes back to get you later when, you know, it it's turned out hey guess who your father was and you know your mother was here this doesn't open up to the post game when you find out more um because you get what the clues in argonia that there was a brother that was gone yep and And the first time you walk into the throne room king clavius like does a double take because you're Mm -hmm. a dead ringer for his brother um which is probably something that you know by the time you visit argonia the first time and by the time you get to the post game you probably have forgotten that that happened but when you go through and replay the game you notice it and just seeing that oh this was intended the entire time Mm -hmm. is really cool yeah i remember first time playing the game that when it got to that point where like the king reacts to you it's like, okay, this is probably going to be a story beat that comes back later somehow. But it was cool to see how it came back later because then it's like, oh, okay, that's why the reaction was what it was when you first got there. So I remember first time playing the game, I'm like, what's this dude freaking out about? Like, why, like, why is he like, hmm, who is this mysterious person walking in? And that's, that's, wasn't the, all laugh, just that's the laugh he made too after he got done, by the way. He went, <laughs> 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 that's what the, that's what the, that's why uh, he always is so serious faced the king of Argonia. He doesn't want people to hear his real life. 
<laughs> Do I really sound like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what Charmel sounds like when he laughs. Goes. <laughs> that's where his high pitched voice comes from. Platy, do you Charmel's have any? Uh... Even the very second scenario where you go to Alexandria and you find out that you know one the the son of the sort of I guess ruling house has recently been killed. That comes out. I mean. Obviously, Jessica's his younger sister, and so that's a big part of you know her story and her art going forward. But it comes back all the way into the end, and just being okay. How like why is Dolmagus going around and targeting these people specifically in order mm-hmm. to? Yeah, and just the fact that you meet and fight Dolmagus, and it's only the first half of the game. Mm. Like up up into this, what every Dragon Quest game, you know, th- yeah, of course, it's almost never the final boss, but mm-hmm. usually it turns right around at that time. And you know, Dragon Quest Two, it's oh, guess what? It's me. Yeah, because and, like really... like right at the end, and you know, sure, you got a little bit more in Dragon Quest Three where you drop down and have to fight um, Zoma, you know, for a yep. few hours after and everything. But this one's like smack dab in the middle. You got a lot of game to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because like with Dragon Quest three, they do have the surprise reveal at the end where it's like, oh, you thought you beat the Lord of Darkness? Well, guess what? You got to go fight Zoma now, son. Baramos yep. was just his lackey. However, they do it a little bit differently. And I mean, even even in like Dragon Quest six, you can you finish off Murdaugh really, really early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but immediately after you sort of find out, uh, no, I guess Dragon Quest Six does this a little bit differently too, or at least you go back to Somnia and Somnia, they immediately give you another quest to sort of go out into the world and find something. In Dragon Quest Eight, you kill Dualmagus and you're like, okay, so the curse isn't broken, what now? And, you know, obviously the next morning you wake up and Jessica's mysteriously missing, but it doesn't really immediately come in and be like oh there's another big bad and it sort of takes you a little bit of time to actually figure out what the second half of the story now that Dulmagus is gone is going to be very true i know uh, this is going to be edited out but there was like a long pause of silence where we actually uh, all thought about like the meaning <laughs> of that. and it wasn't to, i don't it, i don't think it was like uh yeah it was all we were all just kind of thinking like yeah that's that's so true that's a really good point uh yeah i like i i, I don't know you know not a lot of people liked dragon quest 6's non-linearity but i loved the exploration of that world and i also love the exploration of this uh of dragon quest 8's world um you know the first really fully like 3d um game i guess you could oh, yeah. argue that 7 was was somewhat 3d but like this is like <laughs> well yeah it has more of an weird it's like a, the seven's kind of it, weird it's though, 2d it's like a, it's a, it's yeah it's a 2.5 <laughs> 2d lt it's not the 2d hd that they got yeah. nowadays man that was you know. 2d low def. <laughs> yeah 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 actually that kind of is like a good way to put or you call it like 2.5 because yeah you know you have mm-hmm. these 2d characters in a in a 3d world that they that yeah. they had to make up and everything but uh yeah the 2d man but yeah, yeah part of what some of my favorite things about the game was just the the non-linear exploration of the world like oh what's here there's a chest oh it's here there's a um you know a stronger monster that that uh, gives you a coin after you know um, what's this dinosaur doing outside the very first town oh i'm yeah. dead <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you gotta learn quick <laughs> now, see i like this was the first game since i guess four because i played five six seven this is the first game since four that like i had the strategy guide and the map and could just lay it in front of me. And if I'm not mistaken, the strategy guide was done spoiler-free. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, sure, it showed some bosses if you went far, but it didn't 
like I, I kind of just flipped through it to be like, oh, where's the next town I'm going? Where's the next town? And I mean, I didn't I wasn't sitting there reading monster stats and all uh, in the back. I was going through the alchemy pot like galore with it. But yeah, I mean, this that, was that's exactly what I used it for, too. Oh, yeah. Part. I could use make the most out of the uh, alchemy pot because sometimes the recipes that you find, they'll be like, oh, you need to use this these specific items. But then sometimes it's real cryptic bullshit where it's like, oh, you need to get this specific thing and this specific thing. What's the thing you need? Oh, sorry, we're not going to tell you that part. Good luck, idiot. Yeah. That was something that they changed in the 3DS version. Like, the the books that you read, it'll still say if you combine a helmet and something bronze, you'll get a bronze helmet. Um, But if you go into the alchemy recipe book after that, it will show you exactly what you need. Oh. So that's, that's, an, that's like the other quality of life improvement that the 3DS version got for the alchemy pot. But no, I, to back to what Liam said, I love the exploration of this one. And maybe it is the 3D world because yeah, the exploration in Dragon Quest VI killed me um, pretty fast. But in this game, like every time I play it, like I'll just, you know, point myself towards a mountain peak and go over there and explore behind every tree because there's treasure chests and whatnot. The exploration is actually one of the, and I, there's a section later where we're going to talk about which is the ve best version to play. And the exploration part is one of the things that I think takes a big hit in the 3DS version. Mm -hmm. uh, because the 3D world and how vast it is, it just doesn't come across well on a small, tiny screen. And I'm just, I, I actually think right now there's not really a good way to play the game and get the full amount out of it because obviously 3ds has so many quality of life things that are good but it just loses that sort of open you know vastness that the playstation 2 version had that you know was made it really it made it really special well, so, part of the problem too is the processing power of the 3ds versus the uh this uh first versus the ps2 what they were able to pull off because like the 3ds version still looks good but you can tell that environmentally things had to take a hit because there's some saturated colors. They had to cut out a lot of the foliage that was present in the PS2. Like they had to do a lot to squeeze it onto the 3DS cartridge, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's not even that like the PlayStation two version, the visuals still actually hold up really well. Yeah. Um, so that shell shaded look that you still it, holds up. It really exactly. Well. So good. Like it's the same way with a lot of GameCube games too. Like if you go back and look at like the legend of Zelda wind waker on GameCube, that game still looks pretty damn good. You know, and it's been like nearly yeah. 20 years since that game came out. Definitely. Oh, one of the other things that I was going to mention about the plot is that there's actually a lot of extra plot that you can get just from, you know, talking to NPCs and reading books that I feel like wasn't nearly as fleshed out in other games. Because, like, specific, I'm, I'm thinking specifically with most of the books in Trodane, you know, at in one of the rooms you find a book that says uh the young young whatever you named your hero character has already risen to the rank to the to the position of palace guard it's so cool to see the young boy we took in as you know just an outcast doing so well and it seems like the princess has taken quite a shine to him as well so going through and you know just just getting those sort of sub points throughout the whole of everything yeah, i think is really lore. cool and I, I definitely feel like the books in Dragon Quest VIII, I mean, part, partly because of alchemy pot recipes, but it just seems like there's a lot more meaningful uh, text to read there than there was maybe in, you know, the earlier games. Because I know 4, 5, and 6, they've all got, like, those those stories. I mean, one's about the four furry friends in Dragon Quest V, and you read it in several uh, several installments, but it doesn't really 
pertain to the actual world that you're in. It kind of depends on the game, too. Like, sometimes they just more so have that for, like, fun flavor text to find. I, I yeah, think as the I series went on, they started doing more, um, trying to tie in some things with the plot. But for the most part, the books are usually just kind of like, oh, hey, look at this fun little thing. You, hey, you mm-hmm. found a you found a secret. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I always loved when they would have that, like uh, the guy writes a diary of a, and he writes a new chapter in every town. And yeah. he prints the, his this little side story that really has nothing to do with the plot. It's just there for extra lore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dragon Quest uh, seven does that pretty well, too, I think, because there's times where. Like, if you're in the past, you'll find one version of a book. You go to the present, you find, like, it might be written from, like, one of their descendants' point of views or mm. could be, like, um, just another person in the town that maybe discovered the old book. I, I can't remember which part I'm thinking about. I think there's – it might be the robot town that I'm specifically talking about where mm. it's not related to the story that happens at that point, but it's just someone else that's like, you know, I found these, like, old robots and things, and, you know, this is so interesting, blah, 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 you know, just sort of, you know, things like that. But – um Anyway, for, like, my take on Dragon Quest Eight story, uh, I remember liking it a good deal. I definitely like uh, the difference with it, too, having all this voice acting in it, which yes, um, I think for the most part the voice acting is pretty good. There's a mm-hmm. few uh, of like mainly just kind of these one-off characters you see in scenes where I, I feel like the voice actors were just kind of hamming it up, but in a very bad way. <laughs> <laughs> Did like, you mean like, Master like the, Dominico? No, no, no. I'm talking like specifically unnamed NPCs. Like, oh, like not not one off. Like you only see them in a town named NPCs. Mm. I'm like I'm literally talking like NPCs that are just copy pastes of other NPCs that <laughs> like and they happen to be voiced in a cutscene. Like the worst example is in that town near uh, Myella Abbey where you meet Angelo. Like the fucking mask guy in that cutscene where he's like, "That's it, you." Oh, I've had enough. <laughs> Those are my mates. It's like, dude, what the hell is this? What are you trying to play? This is terrible. I, I hate, like, that's the cringiest voice acting in the game. And I don't even like to use the word cringe that much. Uh, I, anyway. love cr- I love cringy voice acting. But yeah, anyway, I, um, I think, yeah, like, I like Dragon Quest Eight story. I thought it was pretty good. I liked how... Uh, since the game had a much smaller playable cast compared to some of the previous entries where it had a lot more focus on their individual stories and, you know, why they uh, were the way that they were. Like, one of my favorite cutscenes in the game is when uh, it's right after Jessica joins the party, you're sailing over to... Uh, what is it? You're sailing from Peregrine Key? Uh, you're, no, you're, you're, sail- bo- you're sailing from Port Prospect to Peregrine Key. All right, all right. So that... Okay, I had it backwards. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so when you're sailing to Peregrine Key... Uh, Yangus tells the story then of how he and uh, the governor, who we always or the gov, which is the hero, uh, he tells the story of how the two of them met and how it was an epic tale full of laughter, thrills, and tears. Like it, it's it's a funny little cutscene, and I like that the game took the time to you know have these little cutscenes to show that too. I especially liked how with um, it's after Angelo joins the party. Uh, you can sleep. At, it's a completely optional scene, too. There is a cutscene you can witness at a church on your way to the... Um, uh, I, I'm terrible with names. Uh, it's Ascantha, if I remember right. Yep, you're heading Ascantha. down that way. Yeah, okay. It's uh, a river, you're heading down to Ascantha. Yeah, uh, you're heading down to Ascantha, and there's the Riverside Church you can go to. And there's actually a cutscene you can see where uh, Trode wakes up in the middle of the night. He goes out and finds Angelo, and Angelo reveals uh, his backstory to him. And it's cool because it's in this uh, sepia tone style cutscene. But as we also learned, uh, thanks to uh, King Zenith, who's been on the podcast before, uh, that actual that scene actually does have full color to it. The sepia tone thing was just something that uh, they just did for the flashback effect. So that's kind of a nice little detail to find out about years later. Uh, but anyway, um, I thought the story 
you know, moved along at a pretty good pace for the most part. There's a few times where it's like, okay, we could have probably sped things up along here, but you know, it's pretty enjoyable. There's some good NPCs that you come across. The party is a good like lineup of characters and personalities. And uh, with the 3DS version, they had some fun new additions too, with uh, Red becoming a playable character and with uh, good old Mori being an optional party member too, which uh, if you haven't looked on the Dragon's Den uh, before, please visit the Dragon Quest Eight portion of the den and you will find a guide to help you get Mori as quick as you can. There's my little self-plug for the guide I made. <laughs> but um, I actually used that guide before I even uh, joined the den, so... Hey, there we go. But, uh, yeah, um, I really enjoyed Dragon Quest Eight when I played. I like the story a lot, and uh, um, I don't really have much else to say because most everything else has already been said, but I will say that Dragon Quest Eight, I really enjoyed it, too, because it does have, uh, as you can probably guess, my favorite Dragon Quest character in it, and that's right. It's the character that I'm named after. Good old Yangus himself. Yeah. Very fun character, very relatable character in a few ways, but uh, just Definitely. overall, like... I saw your underpants dance a couple weeks ago. You're right. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. I think my kids went to the bathroom. But yeah. Did you? Did you? Wait. Is it you? He really? You really did the underpants dance and? Yeah. In the middle of the restaurant, I pulled out two pairs of underwear and started doing the underpants dance. (laughs) Okay. I mean, we met at 11 a.m. The place was dead. It was fine. Yeah. It's fine. There are no no cops around that morning. It's all good. Video or it didn't happen. (laughs) No. 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 I'll throw it in the chat. Bringing it back on topic, I will say that the one part of the plot that I actually think is excessive is when you're trying to get the boat. So the first thing is that you find out, oh, there's an ancient ship in a wasteland on the northern continent. You go to the wasteland. The ship is like, you know, super far inland. So you end up going to Trodane, which is, you know, pretty close by. And that's a that's a really good sort of reason to go back. And Liam's right that, you know, you find the flashbacks of, you know, the hero as a soldier guarding the wall, waking up after the curse was uh, placed on the sit placed on the castle. However, once you figure out how to get the ship out of the wasteland you then have to go on another fetch quest to get a special harp for it and there's a whole extra dungeon that comes along with it and i i i know like the the boss of that extra dungeon is i is iconic and i love don mole but i feel like that extra step to get the boat was just a little bit too much so i always just sort of roll my eyes when i get to that part and granted, that is a long that, series there. You're right. It's a long series. I think that extra part was a little bit unnecessary. However, I mean, it does tie Escantha back into sort of the greater whole. So, like, I get it. But also, meh. It's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the only part where I'm where I just sort of you're ready to get off that continent. Like, it's a boat. It's a boat. Cool. I can explore the rest of the world. Yeah. But wait, no, you can't. Not for <laughs> about wait. another three hours. Put a break on that. Yeah. Three It's probably a lot more than that by the time you go up to Trodan and everything. Yeah probably a good five or more by the time you see the boat and get to ride the boat yeah but um oh gosh what was the, what was the other thing with the story i was going to talk about um i guess this one is more 3ds specific but i did like that uh we did get to see a bit more of dual magus uh before he became crazy psychotic clown man um and you actually got to see some of his history and you actually got to see master rylas which that was kind of surprising i'm like oh my god they actually made a model for him (laughs) because in the original game you don't get to see him at all like that's true there's no picture Mm -hmm. there's no nothing it's all just hearsay about who he was so it was it was really interesting that with the 3ds version that uh there, that was that was one of the additions that i did like that they added in 
to kind of show a little more of his backstory before uh, Dual Magus um, ended getting uh, ended up being a corrupted uh, the, the corrupted person, excuse me, that we see him as in the um, original game. He just wanted to be a good magician. Yep. Uh, so does that, all right. So Yangus, you mentioned your favorite characters, Yangus. My my favorite character is also Yangus and the Yoda version of Trode from the PS2 version. Um, they, there is definitely something more Yoda-like about the original Trode than the 3DS Trode. I think they oh, were no, taking it. I... They were they were taking a step back uh, when they recast. Wait, they re- they recast? Didn't they? It sounds no, very. It's the, sa- it's the same voice actor. I... Really? Is it? They didn't. Yeah, Je- Jessica they... was recast entirely, but Trode's. The Maybe same. it's the speaker quality. Wow. I think it's honestly the you quality. can t- you can tell a difference between the older audio and the newer audio because some of the actors their voices sound a lot more clear in the newer recorded. Like uh, you know what? Best example of that is at the cutscene with Angelo I was talking about. So the 3DS version added some new dialogue in at that point to, which I think they did to try and better explain uh, some of the points of his backstory and if you have headphones on and you listen to that cutscene you can tell what parts of the are the new recorded lines for Angelo's voice actor and what lines are the old recordings because there's a difference in the quality of the uh, audio itself mm. I think for the most part the 3DS version um, was able to get that the original audio transferred over just fine mm. but there are a few times where you can definitely be like oh this is definitely new recorded audio especially if you've played uh, the original PS to a version of the game it's nothing that's like super distracting but if you've played it you can you can probably immediately be like oh okay that's that's new that's a new recording trode sounded very different to me uh, to the point where i thought it was a new actor recording the lines Mm. so you're saying it's Mm. the exact same yeah no yes yes it's it's the same guy Yep. The only voice actor they changed was Jessica, which I, I have opinions about, too. Yeah, um, Jessica's voice actor is the only one that was completely recast and all of her mm-hmm. lines were redubbed. But wait, it's so other than that, all of the lines were exactly the same from the PS2 version. They just kind of ported it over. So they were. Yeah. Uh, no, not necessarily. Well, there are a few other change ones, too. Like um, there's a censored scene with Master Domenico and uh, David, yes. the, the servant, where. So in the original, they make David eat the dog food. But since um, I don't know why, you know, there's probably just some reason I haven't to it why. But they completely changed that in the. Uh, 3ds version and they had to re-record or sorry they had to record new lines in order to fit the altered cutscene where it's just like david saying like yes i swear i didn't poison it blah 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 hmm. instead of him like actually getting down on all fours and eating the dog food in front of the dog <laughs> yeah and and there are there are some new voice new characters that are voiced in the 3ds version as well one of them being the hammerhood that you meet in the waterfall cave the yeah first. there's a lot of monsters that you can enter that you interact with that now have voice acting like the king slime too that's trapped in the well he has <gasps> voice acting as well and then um of course there's cameron uh that you find in uh uh port it's right it's right before you uh, team up with, yeah okay port prospect thank you uh <laughs> that you um you find him and he'll give you the camera side quest which is brand new to the 3DS version. He was an entirely new character, so. Um, but yeah, mo- yeah, all the other voice actors, though, Liam, they came back for their for their roles and everything, which is actually mm-hmm. pretty impressive that they were able to, you know, get everybody from you know nearly a decade ago to come back and record new lines for uh, these characters. Cool. Yeah. So some of it was new then, and I guess some of the party chat had, had changed, uh, and they had to they had to record new lines. And I, I love that they used Ricky Grover as Yangus for not only the PS2 but also the 3DS and dragon quest heroes and uh was he he wasn't in two right just yeah, he's in two but he's not a main party member he's just uh only usable in like the online multiplayer stuff i, I remember right okay Did they yeah, have that's acting true. for so it I, 
I would, I mean, everybody has voice acting when, you know, you use them and like when you use abilities and things like that. Um, I have not done a whole lot of the bonus characters in Dragon Quest Heroes 2, but I would assume that they mostly used uh, the dialogue from Heroes 1. Yeah, they probably do, because I don't think they have any plot relevance. They're just kind of like, oh, hey, here's these characters. You they're, can use yeah, them. They're, they're just magical and able to be used in the dimensional dungeons. Just a fun okay. little extra. So, so Blue, who is your favorite character? Do you even have to ask? Actually, wait. <laughs> Usually this gets ax- asked in the uh, getting to know your guests version. <laughs> it's Charmels. It is not Charmels. Yes, it is. It I is refuse. not. Yes, it is. It is I his not. wife. I refuse to believe It otherwise. is not his wife. It is Princess Medea who is not his wife. In no version of events. Um, I always have a, I always have a follow up question: uh, horse form or human form? Human Centaur form, form obviously. <laughs> yeah. Human form, but a lot of but but like horse form does a lot to her character. So like you can't really have one without the other. But exactly, centaur form. Boom, they get best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's she. She's just a really sweet character, and I just sort of relate to her a lot, just as you know, trying to be you know helpful and useful to everybody, even though you know she's a horse, and you know just trying to fulfill her duty and not be a burden to the people around her. Um, it's also kind of it's also really unique how her character gets developed because it's an entirely through optional cutscenes that you see either when you visit the spring or uh, sleep at an inn after specific story events come on. Um, so it's it's a lot of people. It's easy to miss her story and her character development and how sort of devoted and thankful she is to the party for what they're doing for her, Um, which is really sad to me because the fact that people miss out on it is it's just it's just so sad because it's it's such a good story and all of that. And I feel like I'm rambling on a little bit. but also there, there's a lot of pain with having a minor character as your favorite character because she's never going to be a unit in Dragon Quest Tact, which is very sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Platy, how about how, uh, uh, what's who's your favorite character? So I'd have to go definitely with Yangus in the original release. Sure. But uh, I think if Mori was playable in the original, it might have been Mori. Oh, yes. You know what? I, I, I fully agree because it... If Mori was in the original, it would be such a hard fucking toss up. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I played the uh, 3DS version, I kicked um, Angelo and Jessica to the side for the two new ones, but I couldn't get rid of Yangus. Like Yangus was always in the party. Like it's one A and one B at that point. You so, know what? That's no. that's really funny, Platy, because like besides just you know um, the joke with me, you know, being named after Yangus and stuff. That's the same way that I was. I never kicked Yangus out of the party ever in my whole like 3ds playthrough <laughs> yeah and i saw everybody who was like oh you need to replace him once you get more of your red because his damage output's not as good and it's like are you kidding me yangus is like a great tanky character and with him being as slow oh, yeah. as he and with him being as slow as he is too he's one of the perfect characters to use as like a as a uh, end of uh the entire turn like a sage stone or to use a tremble of tension to get everybody mm-hmm. up to like you know five percent uh, like five or 20, you know, however much you can get before you decide to use it, um, a tension boost, because then, you know, your next turn, your characters are going to have a bit stronger spells or attacks and stuff. Even if it's just a little bit, it's like, he, he's a great support character by the end of the game. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, no doubt. I, I, I've used them in all different ways. There's uh, uh, plenty of ways to, to go with that build oh, yeah. for him. But no, yeah, definitely. He, he was he, he's my one A, but uh, Maury by the 3DS remake is a one B top tier guy there. Oh, yeah. Mori's so much fun to use, too. Like, I think when it was when we saw, like, Japanese trailers and they revealed that, like, Mori and Red were going to be new playable characters. Like, Red was kind of cool, but Mori was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, Mori! <laughs> I mean, he's Silva- He's the beta Silvando. He is, but he, he is, like, the total ladies' man. He has all these sexual innuendos which he either purposely or un or accidentally does i mm-hmm. i totally think it's uh, it's the form it's the former he purposely does it but he just plays <laughs> it off <laughs> variety but, is the life of spices <laughs> but yeah like he like he's such a fun uh side character and it's like it's no wonder that uh he became like sort of the mascot character for that one dragon quest uh battle victory road game and you know why he appeared he also was in um uh, what game is that it's that yangus spinoff young yangus for the ps2 he appears in that one as well so i mean like even back then he was already making you know his mark on other players uh and on the series as a whole so that was pretty cool um if I had to say one other character that I'm personally a big fan of, and I'm sure it's a very controversial pick, but I love him anyway, it's good old Prince Charmels, a.k.a. the <laughs> best NPC in the game. <laughs> like, I, I unironically love Charmels just because he's such a little shit. <laughs> like, he is by far, like, the most annoying and worst, like, Prince character in the series, but I, I love him. I love him because he's just such a... He's such a turd, and he just thinks he's like God's uh, gift to Earth. At some point, you gotta go with the unabashedly turd. I know. It's just I I've tried so hard in some of my playthroughs of, of eight to try and beat one of the um, Argon lizards before he can hightail it out of a battle. I never can though. I'm just so tempted to try and like over level just because I want to see it happen. Like if he just kind of just stands there <laughs> and it's just like. <laughs> like if he happens to stick around in the battle or not but um yep he he i get a laugh out of him every time mainly because his voice actor too in the english version he speaks with an elmer fudd type of voice well he says his always oh, like like he's speaking like this you wascally wabbit <laughs> wait i'm not ready yet i'm not ready yet <laughs> <laughs> he 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 just reminds me of like if Elmer Fudd had uh, had a son that became a spoiled prince or something. Be very very quiet. I'm hunting Argon wizards. Ha 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 ha. As tribute to my heroism. <laughs> well, this sounds like a perfect segue to our next question for everybody. Um, best lines in the game and you know I'll, I'll go first and give the best line in the game like totally um yeah you already brought up like maury like literally every line's got some sort of sexual into it you window um i need to pull him up here on like the dragon quest wiki and just read through his skill list because his skills are hilarious <clears throat> when you read them oh, but yeah, def- definitely one of his best ones is from his boomerang line for sure but you're pulling up the list, so why don't you let us know what it is when you find it? <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm sure you but, can get you know, I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep, I will find that in a minute. But I, his favorite comment, his favorite line um, comes from when you're in the battle arena and you want to battle your own team. And he just busts that with, you know what? You never know the depths of your own passion until you play with yourself. And just that line... <laughs> Point of information. It's not when you go and ask to. It's when you beat he, the required rank and he unlocks yeah, yeah. it for you. He's just like, I'll let you fight your own team. It'll be great. This is exactly what you wanted. I know. 
It's like, no, I wanted more monster slots. All right, so here you go, Yangus. The uh, boomerang skill. It is his uh, 100 skill point one. It's called Swing Both Ways. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. When I saw that in, like, the English trailer for him, I was dying laughing. I'm like, they did not name it that, did they? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's real. (laughs) His his highest fisticuff skill is passion plunge um passion is one of his uh skill trees and you got monster mia um grande gusto it's all his stuff he's got some magic skills monsters musk because he can attract the monsters but his clubs power pummel feel the beat (laughs) he's got a he's got some good stuff Mm -hmm. all right so who else uh for best lines the only thing I could think of was just core blimey. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and all the amount of times he 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 just jumps up, surprise. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I feel I feel almost lost because I quote this game all the time, and when you and whenever you ask best lines, I just like forget every line yeah. that exists in the game. <laughs> I guess I remember Medea saying, uh, "If it's a choice between marrying that twit or being a horse, you can make mine a grass sandwich," and it's a sick burn <laughs> from Medea. Uh, uh. Sick burn. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of my favorite lines definitely come from uh, Trode and Yangus, but I think probably, and actually, this um, my favorite. Uh, I can't talk. My favorite uh, lines come from my favorite cutscene, which I talked about a little bit ago. Uh, Yangus's backstory. I've definitely watched that cutscene several times, too many, because I can recite that whole thing. But when Yangus is telling the story, and it's the back and forth between him and Trode. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part by far is when Yangus formally introduced himself. He's like, me, Aaron Maw name is enough to make anyone wet their knickers. That's right. You're talking to none other than Yangus, the legendary bander himself. <laughs> I could do the whole thing if I really wanted to right now, but I won't. So for the sake of time. <laughs> it's you also really cool me. when Medea says Corblimey at the end. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, we gotta talk about the best cutscene in the game where where Trode is fighting off a bunch of soldiers with nothing but a stick. Uh, <laughs> best I, I was fucking cutscene in the game. I don't the care bar, what anybody says. The, the bar fight was pretty pretty. Uh, oh yeah, the bar fight's oh, great. Yeah. It's like I think isn't there like the heroes just like watching it and then yep. there's like a He's bunch just of stuff there thrown at the wall and there's mugs being thrown left and right. <laughs> yeah. It's a great scene. I love it too. Like in the so in the PS2 version, they added in a few little funny like extra lines of dialogue. Um, oh, uh, just and just I just know this just from comparing to the 3DS version. So and as that bar fight scene is is wrapping up, you see Trode suddenly standing there in the corner. Like pu- like punching the air as Yangus is fighting off all of the uh, the thugs and stuff, and you hear Tro just go, mm, yes, mm, give him a good biff. <laughs> <laughs> he cheers uh, on the fight in both versions, though, right? Yeah, no, he does. But like in the three in the original PS2 version that we got here in the West, um, they added in that just for some extra fun little dialogue for him. <laughs> Um, but uh, do you guys have any other vivid memories of the uh, of the game? I remember, um, and I had to fact check this. I think Yegas just correct. Or he told me I was correct the other night. Um, but I remember being in a robotics team meeting and having all these high school kids arguing with my fifth and sixth robotics team one day. Um, gosh, five six years ago, whatever. Um, about and they were having it this very distinct argument about you should build a robot with tank treads it's way better to control small movements with tank treads than wheels which it wasn't that ended up being crap um but i'm just like you know playing around on my phone like i don't really need to do much on this meeting these kids are all good and all of a sudden like it blows up like oh my god dragon quest 7 8 coming to 3ds 
So that that was one hell of a surprise that I did not expect. That was a uh, I don't think Dragon Quest Seven 3DS was the origin of the it's not coming, but it very well might have been. <laughs> and then seeing <laughs> Dragon Quest Eight 3DS in the uh, same announcement, that was pretty awesome. It was definitely a shock, but when they sent out the uh, the the cease and desist to the fan translation team for DQ Seven 3DS, uh, yeah, should have been we the were, writing was, on the wall. Yeah, that was definitely like like wow. This, yeah, that this was a, that was a happening. big red flag. Like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, especially when they like, never sent one off to all of the uh, uh, other ones around. Oh around yeah, at the same oh, yeah. time let's, too. Let's not mention the other ones. They might get them. <laughs> a lot of them are still in the works now. <laughs> uh, Blue, what, how about Vivid Memories for you? So I have a lot of these because this was kind of my first game that I started ex- exploring a bunch in. And I remember we would always get stuck on the southern continent, especially after Escantha. And on the one hand, I found out after a while that part of the reason was we completely skipped over Simpleton. And so we skipped the entire, all of the events with Mayola Abbey and we completely missed Angelo. And we just went straight on to Ascantha, did the events there. And it's like, where do we go now? There's no path. Um, So for a while, you know, that, uh, that was the point where, you know, my dad kind of stopped playing the game and at some point I was like, I want to keep going with this. I got to figure out where we're supposed to go. And so I just sort of started running around and eventually I did find Angelo. However, after we finished the events at Mayala Abbey, we weren't, we still didn't trigger the scene after Ascantha where you leave the castle after having the banquet and Trode's all jealous that you guys got to eat good food. And then Yangus suggests going south to pick him to get him a drink. So I'm just like super lost. I don't know where to go. There's no path going anywhere else. So I'm like running around. I think I found every single chest in the area, but then I like open the map. It's like, okay, where can I go? Um, And I just squinted really hard at the bottom and, you know, you see at the end there's something down there I wonder if I can make it there and so just out on a whim I just started walking down the beach because I didn't know what else to do and that's how we continued the story um the other vivid memory that I have is that we I I did not know how to abuse critical skills um to kill metal monsters when I first started also I'm pretty sure we mained boomerangs and clubs on the hero and Yangus so we like didn't even have the skills available so killing a metal king slime was like virtually impossible we never really did it but I was just kind of grinding running around doing my best to kill liquid metal slimes and maybe get lucky and I killed a metal king slime with damage and I was so excited I sprinted up the stairs and screamed at the at the top of my lungs to my brother and my dad I just killed a Metal King Slime! And I think it's the most excited I've ever been about a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they were mostly like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then they walked down and saw how much experience I got and was like, wow. And they were not as fired up about it as I was, but I was very proud of myself. (laughs) Wait, did did they give you less in this one? You should have gotten what? It was a... No, more than 10. No, it's it's 30,000. 30,000, okay. It's 30,000, yeah. Yeah, that that's what you get in Dragon Quest IX as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's probably just they weren't as as excited just because they weren't the ones that did it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what Okay, you did the thing all right. Yeah. All right, good. Also, it didn't also... happen. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a screenshot of when I uh, actually got an Orichalcum to drop off the one in the 3DS version. I could probably send you that pic. All right, we'll get that. 
we'll get that registered in the yes it did happen <laughs> um oh. so it's it just uh, talking a little bit about the differences between the uh the ps2 mobile and 3ds um so it was mentioned uh gold the photographs is new for the 3ds yeah. uh with gold slimes uh the alchemy pot speed was increased starting with the mobile version um we had two playable characters with red and mori uh added to the 3ds version um there's definitely some graphical differences now i've seen the side-by-side screenshots of all three uh and it's kind of hard to pick a favorite because some of them do things better than the other like the either the quality of the trees or the color um i don't know i don't know if you guys have a favorite graphical style the one thing i will say is the mobile version is probably the clearest um in terms of resolution yeah i'm personally not a fan of how they had to saturate some of the colors for the 3ds release but you know i understand there has to be compromises made for something for you know getting the, the game to run on the handheld system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah like kind of the echo what blue had talked about earlier i do prefer the way that it looked on ps2 mainly because it did like just because of the hardware i'm sure as well uh mm-hmm. it helped make the world look a lot bigger and more expressive and and uh having the orchestral music too also made a huge difference with that as well because yeah. i feel like that was something which i you know i'm sure that there had to be compromises for the western release that they had to make you know to, for budgetary reasons or whatever mm-hmm. but it definitely was a shame that they did not keep the orchestral music in the uh western release but i'm yeah. sure that either they were asking for too much money for it or nintendo was like all right well it's one thing or the other so we're gonna focus on um you know the voice acting and all this stuff instead yeah that's in, that's interesting we were talking about the musical quality differences earlier uh and how the ps2 got orchestral uh, for the Western version, but Japan didn't. And then Japan got orchestral for the 3DS, but North America didn't. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, it, it was uh, We were talking about how they probably added it to the PS2 to try and uh, hype it up and sell, you know, a better quality game that they were then adding also the, uh, you know, because they were adding the, the FF12 demo to it as well. They were really trying to hype it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they so. added the voice acting for the Western release as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, the big thing, too, with um, the uh, 3DS version, and this is actually something that goes back to when Dragon Quest VII 3DS was coming out in Japan. Apparently, behind the scenes, they really had to convince uh, Sugiyama that orchestral music would be a good addition for the 3DS version of Seven. So I'm guessing they had to do the same thing for Eight. You know, to really convince him that uh, this would be a good addition. I don't know what the fan reception was over in Japan with those additions, but maybe if it wasn't as well liked over there, that could be why they were just like, "Eh, fuck it, don't put it in the Western release. Just put, give them the, give them the MIDI synth." Yeah. Hey, so getting away from the music and back to the graphics, um, the change was made to show monsters on the uh, overworld. That's right. In the 3DS. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because it was in- ra- random encounters except for the uh, you know, the special monsters that you could recruit. Yeah. Um, so it, it makes it 3DS. actually the three. It makes it a little bit harder to find those special monsters, though, right? Yeah. You know. Did they have something shining above them or something? Or? They weren't shining. They had a uh, basically like a little speech bubble on top of their oh, head. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. Pair of crosswords okay. to say, "Hey, this guy is a this guy's a, a little hard bit player. stronger." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, hearing um Blue talk about killing the middle king slime, that made me think about it. So with the monsters on there, and I I've never seen this in any other game, the monsters on the overworld, if you just spun your camera, it would change the monster that was at spawn points. Mm. 
and you could just keep looking away in certain areas where they had like metal king slimes and metal slimes and it was it was ridiculously easy to find metal monsters in the 3ds version to farm them was insane you just like look left look right nope still a king slime oh he turned into a metal king slime yep (laughs) you just keep spinning until one of them spawned yeah i definitely abused that in the uh, catacombs below my ella abbey in order to get uh, Metal Slime Zoop here. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what? Jessica needs a few more levels. Let's do this for a while. <laughs> I remember doing it in the Boneyard, and especially uh, when you're going to, um, like, the post-game, climbing the mountain up to the Dragovian Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I know with some spawn places for Metal King Slimes, but between there and the Boneyard, graveyard. I did some heavy spinning. Dragon graveyard. Graveyard. Dragon Graveyard. Sorry. <laughs> There were bones. There were bones. I'll give you that. But uh, Platy, was there some differences in the dungeons as well? Yeah. So they actually. I mean, that that was a note that I added. Obviously, oh, I'm not Platy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are anonymous chinchilla. <laughs> yes, I am anonymous chinchilla today. Um, so they added two dungeons to the 3DS release. One of them was the Altar of Roth, and the other one was Memories Lane, which Memories Lane was basically a second post-game dungeon that you could unlock with a lot of uh, basically really, really hard refights. And it, I won't spoil it because I actually haven't gotten to the end of it, but it uh, goes through and... Um, they go chronologically through the game? Yeah, for the, for the most, most part. part. There's only a few. There's only a few that are not like in the order in which you originally fought them in the game itself. Because like, um, I know like halfway through you fight like the memories version of Ruin, but like Esh, like after him you fight uh the memories version of Marcello. But in the normal game you fight Marcello way before you fight. Well, not way before, but you fight him before Ruin. Yep. Just as an example. I think Ruin's before Imperia and Gemin as well, and maybe Leopold even. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Leopold is at the end of the first block because okay. he's like he's he's the the first one that really starts giving you a real bang for your buck. Or, or sorry, sorry, wrong expression. He gives you a real run for your money um, <laughs> because he's one of the first bosses that you learn that poison is really good at killing them because it just absolutely tears through their HP bars. See, I never used poison, so maybe, oh yeah, it's maybe super, if I ever it's go super back good. To the game, I'll be able to. Some, it is super good on the things. memories lane bosses because it can do like a max of 999 damage per turn if you get it to stick. It's mm. super useful. And then the so altar what? of Roth, I won't bring it up too much because I know Yangus doesn't like it, but it's a du- you can it's a bring dungeon. it up. I'm just don't like it. <laughs> it's a dungeon that uh, you unlock close to the end of the story, and it's kind of a, a side story that you know introduces a little bit of a little more closure for some of the characters. Cool. So uh, ending differences, I know they uh, they added uh, marriage option. They added, to the, yeah. To the 3DS version. A lot of people love that you can marry Jessica in, in, in the 3DS. And I'm sorry, but they're wrong. These <laughs> yeah, are the people but... I was. These are the people I was talking about that don't get the story out of Medea because it's all in optional cutscenes. Jessica very much. I don't know. I very much get like she looks up to the hero, kind of like she did her brother for most of everything. So it's 
it's kind of weird to me that people ship them and all that. But you know, to each their own. Yeah. I am all, I am obviously a little biased, so we'll, yeah, well we like the way that, that blue fi- the way that blue feels is the way that I feel about some of the story stuff they added with that new uh, Dungeon of Roth thing. That I just am like, okay, you really didn't need to put that in there, but you know, good for people if they like it, but. It's it's not for me, and I mm. will fully admit to it. Platy, what do you think? Were there any yeah. other ending differences we forgot to mention too? No, no, not really. I mean, I wasn't gonna marry Jessica. That it, it was pointless. I didn't need it in there. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'd say a lot of people would debate that the 3DS is the best version because of the extra content and being able to and adding that marriage in there. But they could have been talking about all of the other content that was added to the game. Um, not the, the extra the marriage. marriage option is absolutely not the reason you played the 3DS version. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will die on that hill. Um, but yeah. the best version debate, it's it's really hard for me right now. I yeah. I actually have a partner who. Uh, he actually just rolled credits on Dragon Quest XI a couple of weeks ago, and I cannot bring myself to tell him to play one of the versions of Dragon Quest VIII because I just feel like there isn't a good one to play mm-hmm. right now. Right. Um, I mentioned earlier that the 3DS, with the graphical changes and the music changes and just the fact that it's on a teeny tiny screen, mm-hmm. you just lose a lot of, you know, the reason that I loved the game in the first place, which is just sort of the vastness and the expansiveness and just sort of the way that the world sort of draws you in. Right. And all of it just, it just is totally lost having it on a handheld system. Mm-hmm. However, I also understand that the PS2 version is a 2005 game. Right. So, Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, quality of life improvements that came from... Yeah, from the mobile end, from from the 3DS. From the mobile end, from the 3DS. And so someone who's not really used to RPGs, like, they're not going to enjoy the PlayStation 2 version, probably. Yeah. I still still will play the PlayStation 2 version because I think it holds up really well for someone who's, like, you know, not not picky about RPGs and, you know, random battles are fine for me. I actually... I actually enjoy the old alchemy pot um, mechanic of where where it takes some time, but you know you you get a ding and it's suddenly oh let's go see let's go see what came out of it. Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that was a huge detriment, although I can see where people would be excited to be able to make a bunch of stuff at once. So like yeah. that's just... that's part of it. I also totally just sat the controller upside down with the joystick pressed forward and ran into a corner in Peregrine K to make a bunch of stuff for Jessica when she joined. But uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I never had a problem with that mechanic until at the end. I think I was trying to do one of the bonus um, Dragovian ones. Right, and, right. And uh, I was trying to make the Catholic is, is the Catholicon ring that basically has like immunity to most every status effect. Yes. Yeah. And oh my God, I was trying to make four of those and all the steps for all the other ones. Okay, like, I can. That I'll was brutal. You yeah, just, yeah. You just, but well, you're right. You like, just, when I played it the first time, it, it that's just the way it was, and it was it was fine. I never problem with it until that. Platy, do you have a do you have a best version? I, I'd have to go with the 3DS. I just I find having Mori in the party just so much fun. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I I don't even have a PS2 anymore, so I wouldn't play yeah. it. It's beautiful. That's great, but I do 99 percent of my gaming on handheld devices, so yeah, that 
it's yeah. almost by default that's what i'd play yeah it's hard it's hard i understand being undecided on this because it's hard to pick a best version because one of them does something better than the other mm-hmm. um you know even uh the mobile version i think has has pretty crisp gla- uh, graphics but at the same time uh you don't get the full feel of the expansiveness of the world that you would in the ps2 version like you said blue um and the 3ds has all this extra content um but it is a graphical downgrade in a way um so yeah i don't i I don't i don't know probably the best version to play is whichever one you can find cheapest on the which i guess the one that you're currently playing yeah that's the best (laughs) the one that you don't have to pay like hundreds of dollars to get because somebody on the used (laughs) market decided to jack it up jack up the price like uh uh, all the price gougers anyway (laughs) but uh does anybody else have a have anything to say with the the best version debate no i i don't really have a huge preference i don't remember if i really said it either but i don't really have like a huge like honestly if the 3ds version had the orchestral music by default i'd be like oh yeah just go with that version but um i really at this point i don't know i don't really have a single preference to be quite honest like i yeah. think they both have their strengths and weaknesses it's kind of like with my argument for like dragon quest 7 where mm-hmm. versus like the ps1 version versus the 3ds version like they both have their strong suits yeah. like i mean there's people that gonna, that's going to prefer one or the other but from my own personal taste and like from playing both versions i like both for what they do you know yeah. and it's the same way with the 3ds and ps2 versions of a uh, dragon quest 8 they both yeah. i mean visually they look the same but they each do their own little things differently that I, I it makes me enjoy both of them for what they are and i don't really mm-hmm. have like one that i'm like oh this is the absolute superior version yeah yeah it's it's almost like you you know probably the best advice would be to just play all three and make make your decision or at least play the ps2 and 3ds versions i was gonna say let, let, let's not go on record on recommending <laughs> the mobile version I of this I did it. I rolled right credits, that. and I think I even yeah, beat no. every one of the dragons because I was like, "Well, this is my right. third time doing it. I better eventually do this." But no, no, no. I, I'm not. I, I'm not comfortable okay. saying that. Yeah, no, but, no. no. If I that's what you got. That one either. It was a perfectly valid way to play it. I liked it. Fair enough. If you if you <laughs> have a, a hankering for really crisp graphics but no voice acting. Uh, <laughs> Then, if you um, want to play then. the 3DS version without some of the new 3DS stuff, play that version. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the you menus know, and everything was old school Dragon Quest, man. There were no graphical menus in the. Uh... Oh no, that's, oh, that's yeah. another thing that they changed in the 3DS version. Oh yeah, so we've heard kids. we've heard all about that too from a uh, Denison who shall remain nameless, but I'm sure <laughs> Platy and uh, Liam can guess who I'm talking about. It can also be me. Um. No, 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 no. You, you, I don't want to get into this because I don't want this to, you know, we don't want to go on this for too long. But there's a, there's a user who we've heard many, 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 many complaints about that from. And it's not, it's someone else. And he, uh, this person but, shall remain nameless, but it's, it's very like one of those eye rolling things where it's like, ah, here we go again. However, you know what I, the menu. The menu in Dragon Quest Eight, it's in in the PlayStation Two version. Sorry, I guess it's all Dragon Quest Eight. It's just it, it's like actual parchment type background, and it's got it's different beautiful. tabs, and I it's like it. it's really mm. cute and beautiful. And you can like see all of the icons of items and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you just get text in the 3DS version, and it's kind of boring. Ugh, reading. You, well, you, you you also get the sound <laughs> of the wagon in the PS2 version. I hated that. I did no, not like that sound- at all. <laughs> What I didn't I like is turning around and not seeing the wagon. 
<laughs> you know, you like you what am I hearing? What am I hearing? And the yeah, exactly. The wagon is immediately behind you again without oh, making that, noise. That was. But I thought that, it was. I don't was know. I kind of like that. for me that. to be close to Medea was to hear the wagon sound. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, like I, I was not detail. a fan of that. I thought that that was something that they. I mean, I guess it's a nice little effect, but I I didn't like it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It was like you know, you imagine it behind you. Yeah, I, it's annoying though. Whenever you stop taking steps, and all of a sudden you start up again, you suddenly hear her go nay, and then the wagon will start going. It's like shut up. <laughs> that was cute the first time. Stop doing it. All right. So then, 3DS for you, PS2 for me. <laughs> yeah, that that's something. Admittedly, I'm not a fan of from the PS2 or from the PS2 one. It's like okay, yeah. it was nice the first time. You don't need to keep doing a game. Thank you. All right. To each their own. I like that. It's like it's like when you politely are trying to tell somebody no. No, 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 that's okay. No, 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 seriously, you don't have to do that. No, no, stop it. <laughs> All right, any other thoughts? It's a good game. I like it a lot. Yeah, I like game. Find what other version you can play and play it because it's fantastic. And I'm so sorry it took us three years to cover this, but I'm really glad we finally got it. You know what? Since it's taken us three years, let's let's all summarize our feelings on the game in three words. <laughs> Liam, you I first. I love it. Yeah, that's this. Uh, core blimey, good. <laughs> I like game. Platty, how about you? Austin, meh. <laughs> Prince Charmels, yay. Gross. No, no. We totally skipped the monster arena, except for uh, Maury. Well, we're, we're going to have a separate episode on that in another three years. <laughs> okay. Mark your part two. Now. All right, that's I, it for I, this I, episode. I feel, hold on real quick. I feel like just... Be, just because of the voice acting thing, just to talk about this, because you brought this up before earlier, Liam. Yoda? Um, yes, the Yoda thing. Like, honestly, I wish at different points they would have just had him be like, mm, go back to Trodane, we must. <laughs> find find Omegas, we shall. Mm. Yes. I mean, uh, like, it's part of his curse. Like, you just start speaking like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, he just sounded so much more Yoda-like in the, in the, mm. uh, in the original. Save pro- horse princess, we I will. I man. Yeah, I was like, man, I know what you're doing with that, and I like. You know, it. if they if they went like full <laughs> HD remake with this game, he would just look like Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what? There, there's a meme for you to make. Make a picture where it's like Trodane or a, a Trode on PS4, or sorry, Trode on PS2, and then on the right hand image, Trode on PS5, and it's just a picture of Yoda puppet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I can't wait. I can't wait for the Dragon Quest VIII sequel when we have Baby Troda. Mm, baby Troda. Oh, oh, we'll call him. Be and on that note, maybe Liam should uh, begin the outro. Ruby or whatever the fuck they called him. All right. <laughs> we, we, we began on bad puns. We ended on bad puns. That's it for this episode of Slime Time. We'd like to thank Yangus and Blue Star for joining the party. Mm, join party we did. It took us long enough, but hey, we got here. That's now we just need we to go, up, go off on 30 more tangents so we can finally get to the end. Hey, speaking of tangents, what? <laughs> Plaguing, sorry, speaking had... of places uh, that we don't go, uh, don't go to Patreon because we don't use Patreon. We don't half inch your hard earned money when we can offer you all of our quality content, puns, and talk about the game series that we know and love for free. Uh, if you do have some money that is just completely burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, or searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, go ahead, stop by the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com slash den, click on support the site. Uh, Wudis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates 
any um, donations to help keep the servers running. Also, he reminded us uh, recently that we've got Slime Time merch over there. We got t-shirts and stuff that he's got links to if you would like some Slime Time merch because a little bit of that will go as a kickback to him too. Yep. And the Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click on the link and make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den and it doesn't cost you anything. So to advertise with us, you can also reach out at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com or if you're that uh, random person that reached out to me too years ago to bitch about my uh avatars uh, changing <laughs> all the time hey i got a new avatar this month let me tell you I tell me how, tell me how you like it <laughs> i'm sorry we'll have, but I we'll have them on we'll have them on the that. podcast next month <laughs> there you go oh boy i forgot all about that <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Econolodge. There's an old adage that you pay for what you get, but in this case, you pay and you get a room, a Q-tip, and the previous occupant's <laughs> ear to pretense. Or possibly not the last occupant, but maybe some previous occupant, depending on how long the Q-tip has been there. That's Econolodge for economic lodgings and more. And free hey, Q-tips. Yeah. Hey, also, special shout out to the uh, Motel 6 in Page, Arizona. You know what? You may not have had a mini fridge. You may not have had a microwave. But holy shit, you more than made up for it with all those huge signs everywhere across the hotel. Don't do this. Don't get too much ice. Don't use the coffee machine here. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Um... But you know what? Between the don't do signs and the beer bottle openers screwed into the bedroom wall, good job. This desert warm beer is for you. <laughs> We're never going to get actual advertisers. We keep making sarcastic ads. <laughs> that, oh. Hey, you know what? I, the more the merrier. Keep it keep going, Platty. Fight the good fight. Uh, yeah. You got any comments or questions for uh, a Slime Time podcast? You can also uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of DQ discussions of the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. Find it on the Dragon's Den main page at www.wudis.com slash forums. And you can also find all of us and other, all, all of us rabid DQ fans uh, posting on the Dragon Questers Facebook group. Or you can come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. I'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Wudis, for support of the series and this podcast and keeping the dragon's dens lights on for decades thanks to amanda lapree and the descendants verdrick for allowing us to use their music for our podcast descends verdrick is a video game tribute band from austin texas check them out in their album advent at www.descendantsverdrick.com or on twitter at dia verdrick and check out amanda lapree streaming on twitch our thanks as always to Dwayne bullock our wonderful graphic artist dq fan for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast uh Dwayne was on the original iteration of the slime time podcast almost a decade ago and he's been on many of our epi episodes arriving on time and late sometimes like the last one uh but you can check out more of his work at Dwayne art on instagram or his website dwaynefolkart.bigcartel.com and please like subscribe and write a review for the podcast um if you're looking for more dragon quest slime time check out our earlier episodes on dragon's den anchor fm apple Podcasts, audible youtube and more and check out our brothers and sisters in arms over at the slime time side quest podcast um their latest episodes are available now and tactfully die too yes yeah. that's true this is an old this is an old outline <laughs> <laughs> when we copy and paste we do it really poorly yeah yeah so and on let, that uh, note <laughs> uh, well uh, also check out the uh latest episode of tactfully, tactfully die i believe episode five was re released uh recently yes yeah cool Slime time extended universe. Yes. Enjoy your for the Yangus and Pals episode or at the Yangus <laughs> and Pals um uh, sub series. It's gonna oh, be the, the next spinoff. Yep. Is that not what side quest is? 
<laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, enjoy some more stew and bye everyone. Dragon Quest Slime Time, sliming off. Hey.